Good evening. My name is Mike Murley, and welcome to WPKN's Mic Check, coming to you right here on WPKN every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Welcome to everyone listening at 89.5 FM on your radio dial. Welcome to everyone streaming live or tuning in to our podcast at WPKN.org. Each week on Mic Check, one of our hosts examines global, national, and regional issues and their effect on our local community. Just as the phrase mic check was used to mobilize people to create a human microphone during the Occupy movement and others, this weekly program seeks to amplify our community's many voices and bring them to the airwaves. Mic check is followed on WPKN at 6 p.m. by another public affairs program, the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Thank you for for joining me. And, uh, and I just wanted to... To say that I'm honored to welcome to the program someone I've known since we were actually in high school together, my friend George McGaffin. George McGaffin is a filmmaker, a podcast host, and an advocate who suffers from agoraphobia and panic attacks. Now he is using his creative talents and gifts to advocate and help others. He made a film called The Walk, which raises awareness of the conditions he lives with every day and allows others to understand what those conditions are like. In addition to the film, he also hosts the podcast Beyond the Walls, on which he fosters discussions and raises awareness of mental health issues. George, welcome to Mike Check. Well, thank you, Mike, for having me on Check. And I just got to say, man, I've known you for longer than I've known a lot of people, and you are perfect for the radio. You sound amazing on the radio, sir, and it's, I'm honored to be on here. Thank you so much for saying that, <laughs> and and you have a, a great a great radio voice yourself, which is also perfect because you you have your own podcast, and so you're you're already doing it, and uh, and so I, I just wanted to say, like I said, you know, um, in that introduction, that uh, I I'm really proud of you for, for everything that you're doing. And the, you know, this is all really big stuff and, uh, and I'm excited to have this conversation. So I was wondering, George, if you could start off by taking us back to the beginning and talking a little bit about your journey, you know, finding out and, and first learning that you have agoraphobia. Yeah. I mean, the very beginning of it, um, I guess as it turns out, I always sort of had some sort of anxiety without ever, ever knowing what anxiety actually was. There were always little hints of things, you know, looking back on it now, if there was a really long uh, line in a store, I would have my wife, you know, take over the grocery shop and I'll go wait in the car. Little stuff like that, that looking back now, I'm like, oh yeah, that was anxiety. I would get overheated and just want to leave where I was. But it didn't become a major part of my life until it became full-blown agoraphobia. Now that didn't happen until... I'm going to have to back up a little bit. 2016 is when I initially got hurt. I was working for the post office at the time. I got hurt on somebody's property, uh, and that ended up resulting in two ankle surgeries. I have titanium in my ankle now. It still hurts just as much now as the day I originally heard it. The surgeries didn't do anything, but honestly, make life a lot complicated and worse. Basically, what my doctors feel after all this time is that the two surgeries being laid up for so long, unable to work, unable to drive, they essentially created this severe case of cabin fever, which then turned into full-blown agoraphobia, made it impossible for me to do 
a lot of little things, man. Just trying to walk down the street with my wife and kids. I'll have a, a major panic attack. I feel like I'm going to faint or fall over. For the longest time, I was convinced I was dying. I didn't know what agoraphobia was. I didn't know what anxiety was until I had doctors telling me that's what it was. When it first happened, um, I had passed out. Okay, so I got hurt in 2016. So then two years go by, 2018, November of 2018, I randomly passed out uh, when I went to the bathroom. That's the only time in my life that ever, ever happened. I never passed out before. Felt like I was going to since, but haven't, knock on wood. Uh, but that's what set off this whole thing, because I was convinced I was having a heart attack. I was convinced I was dying. When my wife found me on the hallway floor, I had no memory of what had happened, and I was sweating profusely and having a panic attack, but at the time, we thought it was a heart attack. Um, so that's kind of how it all started, and it's it very quickly spiraled into uh, last last tally I had, 22 hospital stays in the first 14 months. Wow. 22 stays in the hospital in a 14 month time frame. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all, it was all me putting myself there because I kept, I was under the belief of, well, no, it's gotta be more. It's gotta be more than anxiety. I kept saying that I was like, no, there's gotta be something going on. Cause I kept feeling like I was going to die. If you've never experienced a full bone panic attack, nobody can convince you. Otherwise it feels like you're dying. Uh, and that's a very hard thing to explain to people, you know, like you're just walking down the street with your kids, you know? It's a very hard thing for people to understand, and I acknowledge that it's very hard for people to understand. Uh, but believe me, it's twice as hard for people to live with it. Wow, thank you for sharing all that and, and really kind of painting the picture for for folks, like you said, who, who may have never experienced that before and, uh, and have no idea what it's like. You know, and, and so that's kind of gets to the, the heart of you know, a lot that you've been doing since, which I think is so powerful and so uh, interesting and impactful, which is several different things, uh, including this film, The Walk. And so I was wondering, George, I mean, I remember when I remember actually when we were in high school and we had talked about movies a lot and and even co-wrote a screenplay together and uh, <laughs> which was Many years ago. I'm not going to say how many years ago that yes, was. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> many, many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is something different. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about getting inspired and, and, and finding that motivation and reaching that point where you, you decided to, to make a film in the midst of, of grappling with this and, uh, and living with agoraphobia and the panic attacks. Well, there's, there's a fantastic story I have for this, actually. Um, so... One of my favorites of all time is Kevin Smith. I'm pretty sure you know that. You've known me, like I said, longer than most people have. Um, I had the opportunity late last year to meet Kevin Smith uh, in November. Apparently, a lot of very exciting things happened to me in November. Um, but November of last year, I got to meet Kevin Smith. And originally, I had in my backpack, I had a screenplay that I wrote for a full-length movie that I still plan to do one day, hopefully. But I was being realistic about it. Look, odds are with my anxiety and agoraphobia, this movie's never going to be made. So I wanted the guy who, you know, Kevin inspired me to ever want to make a movie. So I wanted him to at least be able to read the script. So when I met him that day, 
you know, I told him the story, told him about how I suffer from anxiety, agoraphobia and all that good stuff. And then I was going to um, give him the screenplay on the flash drive, but his handler kind of stopped and said, you know, he's not allowed to take anything. God forbid he accidentally stole an idea from something. You know, I, I get that. That makes total sense. So no harm, no foul. But what he told me that is what changed everything. Kevin Smith looked at me. He gave me a hug, first of all. And then he looked at me and he said, look, he said, you can't make that movie. But what can you make right now? You have this stuff going on. What can you do right now to tell your story? Because you got a story to tell. And that floored me. That absolutely floored me. I said, you know what? I do got a story to tell. And that's exactly what I did. I went home and I wrote out the outline for what I wanted to do for it. And then I set a goal the following week. I filmed it and edited it all within a few days. And now I entered and I've entered in a few film festivals. And unfortunately, they've come up short. But I entered into the Smodcast Film Festival. That's Kevin Smith's Film Festival. I'm waiting to hear back from that September. And I can't think of a better story, a better way to end that story than to get it in there. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be wonderful. And but like he like he said, uh, like like Kevin had had said to you, this is this is something that is so personal for you and something that is, is your project and and that only you can, exactly. can tell this story. And so can you talk a little bit more about the the process of, of making the film and, and kind of. What that, what that was like, and if, if you found that to be to be helpful at all in terms of um, the you know the the day to day living with with these issues and and with these experiences, like if if that uh, you know what that was like for you. When I filmed it, I wanted to film myself completing a goal, and that goal was to walk with my wife to a store that's about a, maybe a ten minute walk from our house. You know, something that's no big deal to a lot of people, but for somebody who literally hadn't done that in four years at that point, that was a huge deal for me. So that's exactly what we did. We went for that walk for real, going to the store for the first time together in four years, and she helped film me. We would stop every every block or so and get different shots of, of me really walking to the store. And that's how we shot that. I wanted it to be authentic. I wanted it to all be in one day, not because I wanted to rush production, but because I wanted it to be as real and authentic as possible. I wanted that movie. I wanted everybody to be able to sit down and watch that movie, that short film and say, wow, that, that was a real thing that I just watched that really just happened. And you don't get that in movies got a Hollywood to do and all different things like that. You don't get real, raw, authentic, all in one day. That was the best way I could think about doing that because and that was very important to me to make it real for other people that suffer the way I do. In the in the moment, in in the process of of actually of of filming and then and then editing and piecing it together, Given that it was that it's based on something that you specifically struggle with, and that it came straight from your life and your experiences, I can imagine that being cathartic. It's cathartic, but very terrifying. Very terrifying at the same time because you can't put yourself out there any more real and raw than that. Emotionally speaking, you're laying there fully naked in front of your audience. You know, which is not a pleasant picture <laughs> to have in the back of your mind, <laughs> but. Really, though, emotionally speaking, you are. You're laying it all bare. There's no, there's nothing else to that. What you see is what you get, if that makes sense. 
Absol- yeah, absolutely. And and what is the what's the response been so far from folks that that have seen either the trailer or uh, if certain folks have had access to to the entire short film up to this point? What's the response been like so far? Um, everybody that's seen it. I've literally, I can remember a couple quotes off the top of my head that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Some people have told me it was life-changing. Some people have told me this is going to resonate and and impact the world. Whether or not it does that, I'm not sure, but that was certainly nice to hear. And it, it's just been very, an overwhelmingly positive feedback. You know, I could imagine that other, you know, that there's the, like the two, the two groups of, you know, the folks who haven't, uh, who, who don't live with these these experiences that you do, but then also, like you said before, the flip side of folks who, who actually, you know, who actually do, who actually do get it, who actually do understand. And, you know, so, so have you, uh, have you heard from, from, from both groups? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've heard from people that, that, uh, don't quite get it and they get a little bit of a better picture of it. And then even, I don't, I don't want to say one's better than the other, but the ones that I really love to hear from are the people within the community. I'm a part of a couple of different Facebook groups um, all about agoraphobia, and uh, the, the feedback from them has been amazing. They feel seen. They feel heard. That's a big one is representation. There's not a lot of representation about mental health in general, for sure, but specifically agoraphobia and panic attacks. We try to address depression a lot. You know, you, you you get people finally concentrating on that, which is fantastic. But there's a lot of other mental health stuff that's going on that aren't addressing. It's certainly not in a major way. And I know that you're actually having a lot of these discussions and and uh, raising awareness, exactly like you're saying right now, uh, with your podcast. And so, yeah, the podcast is it. Uh, so I know you meant you just mentioned the this community that you're part of online or or multiple communities. And so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit now about the podcast and about the you know where where it came from that you know that that journey of creating it and uh, and kind of what some of the episodes have been like thus far. All right. So the podcast, actually, it kind of we're, we're going to get into a little bit of where that podcast came from when I mentioned the other stuff that I do uh, towards the end of the interview. But the podcast came originally. I, I have another side project, like I said, that we'll be getting into in a little bit. But that's what got me in front of the camera first. And then when I started doing that side project, uh, that's when I started saying, you know what, if I'm doing so good with this, let me instead of sprinkling in mental health stuff over there. Let me do this completely other thing. Call it Beyond the Walls. And that one's all about breaking down the walls of agoraphobia and panic attacks and make that its own instead of bogging down the other one with mental health stuff. So once I did that, you know, it's not, I'll be honest, it's not taking off like wildfire like my uh, show that I do every other weekday is. Um, but it, it it has a core audience and people are really resonating. Uh, it's resonating with people rather. They're really getting something out of it. And what I kind of see it almost as it's not like a full length podcast. I did a couple episodes that are really longer, but I'm trying to keep them shorter now. And the reason for that is I want to uh, have easily digestible, small, maybe five to 15 minute episodes of different coping techniques with agoraphobia can use to help them throughout their day. Nobody wants to sit down and listen to a two-hour podcast about agoraphobia. 
are suffering from it. That's just a fact. I've heard that kind of feedback from people. They would much rather have easily digestible little snippets of a podcast, if you will. And each one will concentrate on a different coping mechanism. Like, for example, I recently did an episode about how I felt like um, putting some sort of ice on your body, it kind of breaks you out of that. So I, I had an episode talking about that a little bit. And then I had another episode where I talked about how, uh, how I liken the agoraphobia and the panic attacks because it's all just a misfiring of your fight or flight symptoms. I like to think of it now as a smoke detector that's going off and you're just trying to cook, but the smoke detector goes off. That's how I'm starting to see my panic attacks and agoraphobia is that false alarm going off when, no, I'm just really cooking. So little things like that that I'm putting into the episode so people have different coping mechanisms and they're easily digestible. You could jump onto the page, find a coping mechanism that suits you, and go from there. Wow, that's incredible and such a great idea to make it specifically for other folks who are experiencing agoraphobia themselves as a, as a, uh, as like a, as a safe space and, and also as a, a way to find coping mechanisms and, and things that can help. I think that's really beautiful. And, and, uh, you know, I can imagine a huge help to so many people. Um, have you gotten, have you heard feedback, uh, so far? Oh yeah. I mean, the feedback is great. The feedback's amazing. I just, I, I need to reach the widest possible audience. That's, that's the problem I'm having right now with that particular endeavor. It's not that the feedback is bad. The feedback, when people are watching it, they love it. It's just, I need more eyes to see it. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully this interview right now will, will help with that as well. Um, so that's, that's, like I said, that's, that's really awesome though, George, that, that you're, you know, that you're doing that podcast and cause that just sounds like a huge help to so many people, um, as well as yourself, uh, you know, just, yeah, no, it is. It's a huge help to me too. It is a huge help to me too. And I, I don't want it to sound selfish whatsoever, but of course, you know, self healing is a part of it too. You got to heal yourself to help heal everybody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. But just, yeah, that, that idea of, you know, um, creating something in service of others you know, using media in that way or using, like I mentioned at the start of the program, your creative gifts and talents, which I've always known you to have, you know, you're, you've been a musician as long as I've known you, you've, you know, you've written poetry and you've got all these wonderful creative gifts and talents and, and, you know, you're, and you've always been compassionate and, and a generous person. But yeah, seeing this, you know, the podcast and the film, I mean, uh, just, it's really wonderful. And so I was wondering if, uh, if you could, you know, a, a little bit ago, you mentioned some other work that you're involved in as well, uh, other, you know, mm -hmm. uh, creative slash advocacy work. So I was wondering if you could, you know, talk a little bit more about that now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so what I do for my day job, I actually find out uh, this week. So hopefully talking about this live on there, I'll put a little bit more pressure on them. <laughs> but uh, I, I've been working for uh, Cheech and Chong, actually. Uh, yes, that Cheech and Chong. They have a new social media website called Bullmates. Uh, and it's basically, at its core, it's, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, it's social media, but it's cannabis friendly, uh, which we desperately need. I mean, I can go into a whole different episode of your show all about uh, the, the unfair treatment of different cannabis prisoners and 
We'll leave that there, because like I said, that's a whole different topic that we can really spend a whole episode on. But uh, through my work there, that that's where I started everything. I do a weekday, every weekday, Monday through Friday. Um, it's called Wake and Bake. <laughs> I don't know how uh, cannabis friendly you guys are, so I, I won't get into every little detail. But we show trailers, we show clips, we show uh, music, new and old. It's, I have a real following there. That's a huge following. Uh, and some of it is crossover into mental health stuff, too. But that I, I get true joy out of that, and that's where everything else came from. I mean, honestly, it was well, the film came first, but then everything with casting came from this show. Getting my audience there and having such a good time doing that and really getting me out of my shell. That was the big part. That's the big part of this uh, Wake and Bake show every day is getting me out of my shell and without that i would have never did beyond the walls period there's no way beyond the walls exists if i didn't do wake and bake every weekday morning wow and so how, how long have you been doing that again since february it'll be six months uh just a couple weeks not even since the middle of February, they opened up on Valentine's Day. They did Bowlmates, Soulmates. It was a whole Valentine's Day uh, advertising campaign, which is really funny. The campaign that I saw, I said, oh, Cheech and Chong, I love them. I'm a huge fan of them. I jumped on, and because of the agoraphobia and the panic attacks, I'm on the website more than anybody else. So it started out with me just helping answering some questions here and there, and I was recording you know, the, the wake and bake you know, in its infancy back then. And there wasn't much to it, uh, not, certainly not compared to what it is now. It's a, it's a major show now. Uh, I'm really proud of how far along it's come. I just finished doing more logos for it today. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's, that's where it all started. That's, that's where it all started. It was back in February doing that, and it's going to be six months soon. And it looks like it's going to turn into an actual job. So, you know, and, and that's, that's a very important thing, too, to, to kind of wrap up on, is that uh, people with agoraphobia, attacks we have a hard time even with work at home jobs you know people don't understand that they're like well why can't you just work at a different work at home job if this doesn't work out because they're going to just allow me to sit down and say oh i'm having a really bad panic attack i need to go take a nap for a couple hours what job is going to let you do that i lucked into bullmates but it, i hope it gives people hope like you can find your niche you can find it somewhere you can find yourself you can find your way again you could get back to work without it being traditional work and find fulfillment outside of your walls. That's what I'm trying to advocate for is getting beyond the walls. No pun intended. That's where the name of the show came from. I, I love that. I love that. That's, that's powerful. And so, George, how can, how can folks learn more about um, Bowlmates and, and your, your involvement with, with Wake and Bake and everything? You can go to chichachong.com is the easiest way to get to Bullmates uh, directly. They'll, you could go to chichachong.com, follow the link to Bullmates, sign up there. I do have my own customized referral link, but that's a whole lot of digits and different things like that. So that's not going to translate very well to the radio. Uh, but you could go to the main page and sign up for that. And you can find my Wake and Bake on there. And through that, too, you can look for all my other links. I have everything posted there, all my mental health stuff. Everything's in my bio. That's the easiest place to find me. I'm not on Facebook. I'm, I'm on Instagram, but a lot of my Instagram is honestly promoting Bowlmates at this point, too. Um, but Bowlmates is the place where you can really find me. I do have a Kofi page as well. I said all my links are right there at Bowlmates. So join Bowlmates and you can find me there. 
And so there wouldn't be separate uh, platforms or something that you'd want to share as far as the, the short film, The Walk, as well as other ways to find Beyond the Walls? Yeah, you know, good call. Good call. I was so I was so worried about promoting that link. Uh, yeah, you got, you can find me on YouTube as well. The short film is on there. You can find The Walk on YouTube. Look for Anxious Dude Productions on YouTube. Anxious Dude Productions and The Walk and you'll find me on YouTube. Uh, I do plan on doing more on YouTube as well. I have the links to the show on there, but I, I plan on doing a lot more on that too as well. Awesome. And then, so yeah, it's Anxious Dude Productions on YouTube for the, the short yeah. film, the, the Walk. And uh, is a full-length film up on YouTube already, or is it just the uh, the teaser trailer? Oh, no, no, no. The, the, the full film is on there as well. It is on there because there was no, I, I kept it off for a while, but they're the only uh, film fest I'm still involved uh, with potentially being in is Smod. And they, they didn't have any rules against having a YouTube link. I know some festivals are a little weird about that. But once I saw that, I was like, you know what, I'm just putting it back up. So you can find it on there. It, it's YouTube now, the full length. Awesome. And then is uh, is Beyond the Walls available on, on um, any other podcast platforms, things like Spotify, things like that? No, no, honestly, I haven't gotten that far into it, really. It, it's just been kind of a YouTube thing. Cause it, it's, I translate best to video. I do a lot of different video effects and stuff on my stuff. So I translate best to video. So like Spotify and stuff, I wouldn't even know how to really do that, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, no, that that's awesome. So so yeah, I, I really wanted to. Uh, I really want you to have the last word, George. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, say my outro real quick. Um, you know, a couple closing things, and then uh, at six o'clock, the broadcast will click over exactly at six to uh, the next program, the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. So real quick, George McGaffin, thank you so much for joining me on tonight's mic check and for all you're doing to raise awareness and build community around agoraphobia and other mental health conditions that you and so many others live with every single day. You're doing amazing work, and I'm so proud of you and proud to call myself your friend. And my name is Mike Murley. This has been Mike Check. Thank you for joining us this evening. Be sure to tune in next Sunday night at 5.30 for another episode. It is almost 6 p.m. So after this, we've got the Ralph Nader Radio Hour followed by Cool Blues and Rare Records with Al Bell right here on WPKN 89.5 FM in Bridgeport and streaming online at WPKN.org. And we got about a minute left, George, but uh, the floor is yours. All right. Uh, well, thanks, everybody, for listening, man. Thank you for listening to my story. Mike, thank you for having me on here, man. It means the absolute world to me. Guys, you can find me on Bullmates. You can find me on YouTube. In the meantime, I'll give you guys a send-off I have. Stay high, stay happy, stay healthy. I love you all, and I'll check you out later.